Welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Some people believe that over the years, the AV landscape has become too obtuse and too inconsistent. But Jesse Fishman, senior AV system designer at the Sextant Group, hopes to change the negative perceptions around the industry. Today we're going to talk about consumer knowledge, standardizing AV practices with the VIXA, and the potential source of some of the industry's negative perceptions. How are you doing, Jesse? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for joining us. Of course. So, Jesse, uh, just to catch everyone up and get everyone on the same page, can you tell us a little bit about what you do at the Sextant Group? Sure. Well, uh, I am a, my title is Senior AV Systems Designer and GUI Designer. Uh, and so what that means is we get a range of projects uh, from small to large, from corporate to higher ed. Uh, and my job is to kind of uh, go over with uh, both clients and stakeholders, uh, or, or when I say clients, I mean users, the people actually using the systems, about what uh, what their needs, their requirements are for their systems, or but uh, really more with an eye towards uh, functionality, because a lot of people uh, will sometimes say they need a specific per- piece of equipment. Uh, but not really know how they intend on using that. So I kind of gather all those requirements, uh, synthesize them into um, some sort of document uh, that details out how they'll use a system uh, holistically, and then move on to kind of arranging things within a space, thinking about the space in terms of uh, flow and use. And uh, then we move on to systems and equipment, and uh, release a set of documents and drawings that uh, detail out how everything is to be installed and connected and and, uh, uh, then programmed and how everything looks as well. Okay, so you're you're kind of there for most of the process then? Yes. Not just the consulting, but the... uh actual like installation and design work too? So um, our our involvement in installation is more of a consultant's role, but uh, we we do stay involved in terms of um, what we call construction administration. So once once it gets bid out to an integrator, uh, we we're kind of there to uh, fill in the gaps in understanding sometimes because a lot of times those drawings don't uh, encapsulate everything we've discussed with the client, uh, and uh, so. You know, we'll we'll be there to kind of answer questions for the integrator about, you know, why is this piece of equipment piece of equipment there, or why isn't this piece of equipment there? A lot of times there might be, uh, you know, some future functionality required. Right. So uh, we're involved for for throughout typically. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like you're just there on behalf of the client, basically, right, to follow through on. Yeah, I really kind of see myself as a steward of. Um, the functionality that they require so that's that's why we try and stay involved right right well that's good i mean to to you know follow through that way and and it kind of leads me into my, my next question which is how has your uh you know relationship with clients changed over the years is it do you feel that the you know average client is uh more or less informed than than before uh the trend is that it uh, there is no trend it seems to be kind of all over the place and it depends on the 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 client um, so we have some clients that are fairly technical and they say, uh, these are the components that we would include in this type of system. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the operative term in, that we've used a couple of times is consultant. And so, you know, we'll say, Hey, that's a great idea. Um, but have you thought about incorporating this into that? You could really open up, uh, uh, 
I don't know, collaboration if you added something like this into that mix. And so our role is to kind of um, advise, uh, provide some some counterpoints, and ultimately, you know, uh, as consultants, we are there to, uh, like I said, give advice, but uh, sometimes you don't always have to listen to advice. So some clients don't know what they want, and we're there to kind of guide them through what we think might be best, and some clients know exactly what they want, and we're there to kind of point out um, where they can enhance functionality or uh, usability or, or, you know, something, or, or point out any gotchas that we've seen on other projects. Right, right. And, and again, this you're, you're setting me up perfectly. This leads me to my next question, which is, you know, we asked you in, the, in our little pre-interview survey what you saw as some of the biggest challenges in the industry. And your answer was changing the overall perception of the industry in general. Can, can you go into that a little bit and, and, and tell us what you mean by that? Sure. So, uh, you know, I've been in the AV, the commercial AV uh, industry for about um, 17 years. And, uh, you know, I think the overall perception is that uh, there are a lot of fly-by-night companies uh, and not a, a lot of them, as I just said, but but there are some that you you know you don't always know what you're going to get when you work with them, and uh, there are also some perceptions about uh, AV systems in general being difficult to use. Uh, I'm sure you've seen some of those uh, YouTube videos about uh, the typical uh, conference call. Uh, and I've even seen uh, lately a um, like a bingo board that has uh, different phrases that you might hear during a conference call, like "Hello, this is so and so. Is anyone there? Can anyone hear me?" You know those sort of things. And so it makes conference calls into kind of a, a game. But but there are also um, uh, I would say tropes that uh, are aren't very representative of what our industry is capable of. So uh, I think that perception is something that we all need to work on a little bit. And I even think that, uh, you know, Avixa, uh, formerly Info Infocom, uh, has started working on that. They're, uh, I'm helping with one of their teams, the standards team, on creating a user experience uh, for AV standard. Right. And, and, and Jesse, so I'm curious, why do you think this perception was built or, or created? Do you think that is that something that's coming from... The consumer end is it something that the industry is also, you know, the culprit of? Like, where do you think this this kind of came from? Well, this is a difficult uh, question to answer. Um, I imagine that some of it came from uh, poor translations of what clients wanted. Uh, some uh, integration companies that maybe just sell a, a bunch of equipment to a, a client, hook it up, and then leave and never come back. Uh, even a lot of times, it could be a perfectly good system functioning well, uh, but the client never got enough training on it. So, you know, training and being there after installation for the client, uh, I think, is a very important aspect to changing that perception. Right. And I think it's especially important now, right, as we're seeing this kind of shift where consumers want, so companies have to focus more on the design and, and user experience side instead of just trying to, you know, you know, sh send out devices with features or, or you know, whatever. And, and maybe that's coming from audiences generally being a little bit more tech savvy. 
right? Like maybe they want more now, more more intimacy with the products. But it, it is curious that that that's a that's a trend that we've we've heard, you know, basically from everyone we've talked to in the in the AV industry, right? That this is this is a shift that's coming, and and no one's been able really to identify why. But I think that might be it, right? It might just be um, consumers caring a little bit more about the nuances of of, of their experience or relationship with with these devices. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we try to focus not so much on the devices, but the spaces themselves. Uh, the devices are just pieces of the space and, and that's all uh, just a, an aspect of the experience that people have when they use a conference room or when they use a classroom. And uh, so I, I think rather than people getting uh, maybe more sophisticated, they're just expecting things to, you know what, I don't have an attitude of, I don't want to have to worry about all this these pieces of equipment. I just want to walk into the room and do what I intended to do. And so if you can provide that uh that level of usability uh to your clients where they don't have to think about using the systems, I think that's a market differentiator. So I'm not sure that we're so much focused on the perception of the industry and changing it, but really just getting a leg up in the the coming market are, are there any products or, or projects that you're 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 working on right now that you think like exemplify kind of th this shift we're starting to see or or anything that exemplifies the evolution we're seeing in the industry specifically sure so um without getting too specific there are a few manufacturers that uh rather than focusing on um individual product features i've seen them focusing on uh, what happens when you go to use this system in general? What do people do, and what is the loss in time that that ha occurs? So I've got to first walk over to the conference room. I've got to turn the system on, and that transition between um, uh, being at your desk and getting a meeting started, like what productivity is lost by that? And so they're focusing on that. Uh, or or things like that, because it's not always about just using a conference room, and and trying to uh, make things make business run a little smoother. And so they're not so fo focused on, you know, what sort of resolution can we pack into this, but uh, how can we smooth this transition or make people's lives easier? Right, and that, that that's interesting, right? That that's been it seems relatively consistent throughout a. Uh... What we're seeing right now. Do you think that's something that uh, is here to stay? Because I've had, I've heard other people describe it as just like a you know a fad, like they would anything else. But do you feel that this is just the way things are going to be now, where where that expectation is there? Hmm. It's a good question. I, I, I suppose I'm a little biased. Uh, I don't necessarily think that people wanting their lives to be easier is a fad. If it is, it's been around forever. I think people are starting to think more creatively about how they spend their time and where they spend it uh, and and you know moving to this this kind of i don't i don't want to get too futurist but but moving to this sort of state where i mean more and more people work from home these days uh the the idea of having a shared space uh works for some but not all. And so, you know, if you're doing uh, heavy team collaboration where you all need to be in person, sure, having an office space makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I think people are thinking more creatively about, well, how can we, how can we, we simulate that 
in a virtual environment so that um, we don't have to worry about the commuting time or we can just spend more time and focus on being productive rather than all these transitional states. Right. Yeah, that's 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 interesting that you bring up the working from home thing, right? Because I think, yeah, you're right. The the office space situation is is less and less becoming the default, right? Like I think that we are seeing that 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 shift. So, so I have I have two last questions for you, Jesse. And and my first one is about you. You mentioned it briefly earlier, but I want to talk about what you're working on with Avixa, right? You're you're working on creating this uh, AV standard for the industry, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, um. Obviously, Infocom changed their their name and their brand identity to Avixa, which is uh, the Audiovisual and uh, Interactive Experience Association. And uh, I think they're heavily focused on that experience side of that. And so they thought, you know, the one thing that's kind of missing here is we don't have we have we have all these standards that are used to make our systems better. Um, and we don't have one to improve the user experience. And so uh, they formed a task force with uh, several people. They invited me to be a part of it. And uh, we've just kind of been working on finding uh, the right methodology to go about, you know, m enhancing the user experience for our systems and, and thereby uh, hopefully changing some of those long-standing perceptions that we spoke about earlier yeah that's interesting how did you get involved in that because i mean that seems like the like the place to be if you're if you're you know even relatively interested in this sure so um i'll i'll, I'll i hope we've got time for a little bit of a long story oh, it's only okay. a few minutes but uh um thank you uh so a few several years ago i was with a different consulting firm and uh, i began thinking about our process and all the systems we were designing and and it it seemed like there was something missing there was something that we didn't kind of have control over we had control over almost every part but it was the control system and the user interface that was the kind of last link in the chain and i realized we've got no control over that and and furthermore, I'm not sure that a whole lot of companies are spending, at least on the projects that I worked on, spending a whole lot of time thinking about the way things looked, the way things behaved on that panel, uh, and and automation of these systems. So I went back and I um, uh, went back to school and I got a master's degree in uh, user experience design uh, because I thought, well, this is you know, this is what people are using on on their phones, on these apps, on computers. Why can't it translate to AV? And so I, I went and did that, and um, then I taught a, a couple of courses at Infocom 2016 on uh, user experience and usability. And uh, I did uh, one this past summer at uh, Infocom in Las Vegas on usability and AV systems. And uh, so it's kind of been like my 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 niche, my passion within the AV industry to to kind of make things a little better that way. Uh, and uh, I think people are are coming around to it, but but that's kind of how I got interested in it and then involved in it. And um, as far as the standard uh, task group goes, uh, one of the um, standards. Uh, director 
I don't know her title offhand, uh, but she was in my class in that uh, 2016 Infocom, and uh, we eventually they they decided they wanted to write the standard, and uh, she reached out and said, "Hey, do you want to be a part of it?" And I said, "Well, absolutely." Well, that, I mean, that's exciting that that you you know you found that that uh, that niche, and, and it sounds like this is like the perfect opportunity for you. So, I mean, congratulations on that. Well, thanks. Uh, it's a lot of fun. That's good. That's good. I mean that. That means you're doing the right thing. If if you're if you're finding that fun, yeah, that, that's usually a good sign. So on that note, Jesse, my last question for you is: What are you, uh, you know, what are you excited for in the future? What are you looking forward to, or or even not looking forward to? I guess right within the industry as it begins to change and and you know everything comes together. Well, so as as far as what excites me, it's it's um, it's really not knowing what comes next. Uh, you know, we've we've all got some ideas of what we think might be becoming, um, but it's we've all been wrong before on on a lot of those. Um, so you know, as as far as what I see coming, we see a lot more uh, AV over IP di uh, signal distribution. Uh, a lot of products and a lot of manufacturers are going that route now. Uh, I think AV as software and AV as a service. Uh, are, are kind of exciting uh, things to think about as well. Um, it'd be really interesting to see the people making the chips for AV over IP to just getting that embedded and integrated into our, you know, our smartphones, our tablets, our computers, so that maybe we don't need an HDMI port anymore. We just select an output that's on the network and we have networked, you know, display devices, and and we start to get rid of all these proprietary little proprietary connectors. Right. Yeah, and I think that's that's something to be excited for, right? Because it'll it's only going to knock down potential barriers, right? Like that's only going to make it easier for for the consumer. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I work in this industry, and the number of times that I've had to reboot my laptop when testing a system with you know, an HDMI output just because I can't get the audio to come through. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for, for joining us. I appreciate your time immensely. Well, thank you, Elmer. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.